really everything's fine. The Proposal Managers podcast for Proposal Managers by Proposal Managers. I'm one of your hosts, Nicole Robinson, aka Nicole the RFP Queen Robinson. And I am so happy to be here today. We have a great topic and an even better guest. So today we're talking about technology and automation in the proposal space. We're continuing along in our series talking about technology and its impact on proposal management. And our guest we have today is Javier or Javier, Javier? Javier, yeah. Javier. <laughs> Javier Escartin from DeepRFP.com. We're so happy to, hear, to have you here. And we're today we're broadcasting because we desperately all love and adore coffee from Nora's struggling coffee cup. It's it's empty and it needs to be refilled. ASAP. So before, <laughs> a, a, ASAP, ASAP. <laughs> Proposal managers need uh, coffee on IV drip. And so before we get continue, before we continue, I'd love to have everyone introduce themselves. Nora? Okay. Uh, so I'm Nora Fox. I'm out here John Wicking RFPs left and right the past couple of weeks. Um, I have been a proposal manager for um, going for six years now. Um, I'm a senior RFP strategist working for uh, the 17th largest global employer. Uh, I work in their healthcare vertical Um helping you know for technology and healthcare and things like that uh and i am super excited to be talking to javier today yeah thank you for for the opportunity so um, i'm javier scartin the founder of deep RP, um where we are trying to to bring ai into into the proposal space and regarding me myself um, i have a background in engineering and i started my career actually working in the aerospace industry here in europe um you know, spend the first five years of my career in, in that industry, move from technical positions to project management and then business development. And in this industry, particularly in aerospace in Europe, uh, business development is mostly about proposals. So there is where I learned the job and, and became a proposal writer and manager. Then I quit that job, started full-time freelancing as a proposal manager. And, and that has been like my main thing until a few uh, months ago where um, when DeepRFP actually took off and now I don't have much time to freelance the old, you know, the traditional way, but that's that's um, like a brief summary of what I'm into. Amazing, thank you so much. And we're so happy to have you here today. So we have been having conversations lately um, about technology and its impact on proposal management. From your personal and professional opinion, what do you see as the most pressing um, introduction or or uh, most pressing use case for tools within proposal management? Are we talking content management libraries? Are we talking knowledge bases? Or are we talking full on um, automation and AI? Well, I'm a big believer that, you know, the AI, especially the, the technology that we are seeing now um, that have been like, you know, in development, like for the last two to three years, is these large language models. These are like really a you know, game changer for what we do in proposals. Um, but instead of talking about the technology, I like to always to focus the conversation on what we do in proposal and proposal management, and then see how different capabilities that computers and technology have to, you know, match those. So I like to think, yeah, like if you if you go like to the fundamental uh, points of, of this technology and what we do in proposals, um, I like to think in like three 
type of activities or boxes, you say. So the first one would be like reading and understanding. That's something you, you know, every one of us, uh, that's when, when actually start managing a proposal, like you get the RP and you read that and analyze that. Maybe you are analyzing for, you know, to see if that's a bit or no bit um, for your, you know, for a particular company or a particular case. Or maybe you have already decided you're going to go for that and you need to analyze and read and ensure compliance, et cetera. So that's the first um, activity. Then you have like everything that is about managing the proposals, you know, which is mainly in the fundamental um, basis is about moving information between places and communicating with people. And, and then you have like the actual production or the writing of the proposal. And so if you, if you think about those three, you know, big categories of activities, of course, we could list like a myriad of, of them under those, but um, it's very relevant to understand for anyone in proposals that with the last advancement in artificial intelligence, computers are now able to do three things that are very key, critical for these three areas. The first one is computers are now able to read and understand complex documents. So it's not only about processing the data in those documents, but really understanding the, the meaning of the content and then acting on that. Then you have powerful, very powerful parsing capabilities, moving information, changing formats, building templates, matrices, etc. You can automate a lot of, of those type of activities. And then you have the writing power, which is where, you know, most of the hype is right now, because it's like the main bottleneck, like what, when actually you are writing the content. And, and, you know, of course, computers with artificial intelligence have gained um, that capability of writing complex bodies of, of uh, text based on different inputs etc so i i think that you know we can we can talk about the different use cases um but uh, i like to present this framework as as like if you if you think into categories and how computers can improve or enhance us in every one of those yeah so what i heard and I don't know if Nicole, you kind of picked up on this. The one place I heard you sort of talk about automation, right, is that parsing information out, right? Yeah. As the as the computer is sort of analyzing the computer. So, can you talk a little bit more about that, right? What are maybe some unexpected places where we can automate in terms of parsing information out that people might not necessarily think a computer would be good at doing? Are you asking me, or Nicole? Oh, you, huh? <laughs> <laughs> our resident expert. I'm sorry. I just want to direct you. He was, wondering, he was wondering if I had received the same type of yes. information as you, or did I perceive it the same way that she's perceiving it? And yes, I 100% am. Okay. Yeah. So there, that's the question, you know, where, where, where might there be some places where we can introduce some automation that if you've never worked with uh, an LLM before, right, that you could start? Yeah. So if you, for, when, when talking about um, analyzing and parsing information, you can use uh, implementations of this technology, um, not end user applications, you, you know, we're not talking about any specific tool, um, especially if, if, you know, any that is like focused on the mass market, like end consumer, that's not probably not going to work. You know, I'm, I'm talking from the point of view of B2B solutions developed for bidding and proposals. So the, the, some use cases you could use like for analyzing RPs, and, and parsing information, which usually, you know, you can do both at, at the same time with the, the, in the same activity. So for example, if you would be building a compliance matrix, you are doing like the two things at the same time, you know, reading the RP and then parsing the information from the RP into a compliance form and then 
highlighting whatever you want to highlight and, and passing that to the to the team so things that um teams are, are already doing um, with ai tools are building complex matrices of course and um, not only detecting or identifying requirements but also classifying those so you can sort of um, structure and share the work that is coming from the rp to the different teams or the different experts but also you know you could analyze um and, and create sort of a red flag report from an RFP. So you have an, um, you set your criteria, like, okay, these are my red flags for, I don't go for anything that is under this amount or requires this specific certification or whatever you define as red flags. And then you have an, an, a tool, an AI that goes through that RFP and generates you like a summary of the red flags it has found um, in a sort of, a, you know, short report. So you don't need actually to read the, the full RFP just to find that, you know, um, and I'm sure every one of us has been there, like just to find that page 222 contains a hidden requirement that you cannot comply with. And so that's, you know, another use case. There's a um, use case that we are actually exploring right now because, um, you know, few, a few people have asked for that, um, is to analyze our piece to find how influenced those could be or could have been by competitors. And this is especially relevant in the B2B space. So you could, again, with the same analyzing and parsing capability, you can automate the, the detection of how RFPs have been influenced by your competitor, um, competitors using, you know, body like big, um, big pieces of content from this, from those competitors and then uh, crossing that to with their, you know, with the RFPs. And th those are like the, you know, top of my mind right now, but there are many, many, many use cases also that you can you can combine those. I love the fact that you um, just talked about being able to analyze a bid because I'm in business to business, being able to analyze a bid to see if it was actually developed by a competitor. That is actually fantastic. That would be a really great way to um, determine the viability of the bid, how competitive are we going to be able to be in that space? And then it also allows my, I could actually use that to help my seller determine how much more he needs to develop the relationship. Like you could be going into it and thinking that you and your buyer have a great relationship on a certain level. Maybe you have a certain contact, not realizing that there's another contact who has an even better relationship with your com competition, which therefore would 100% impact how 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 much um, how much further you get in the actual RFP and within the sales cycle with that buyer. So I love that use case. I think that would be super super um, beneficial, especially to someone like me who does business to business selling. Yeah, that's that's um, a use case mainly mostly for 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 B two B because it's. it's you know that scenario and it's feasible like if you see the, te the technology it's feasible it has challenges uh, still you know from our point of view i'm not sure if, if someone else has has this solved but from our point of view this is still research and development like you know it's not um fully operational but it's it's feasible to do that like if you have enough content and enough detail from your competitors like especially if you are selling products um or, or things that uh, you know have um for example, specifications and technical technical details, and those those can really highlight some some of the of those reflects. But also with the content, like the way of writing, like you know, it's it's not that difficult to detect if an RP has some requirements ghosted by your competitors. If you have, of course, your competitors' context, 
sometimes that's not public that's not public so you know it has challenges but yeah that's um a use case oh, another use case um it's you know some people and some companies have sort of um a summary um summary table for an rp like you move all the information there and then someone evaluates that table um, i'm not sure how you how you call that but you know i've seen like a thousand of, of, of names for that type of table but it's basically a table summarizing like okay this is the client this is the amount these are the key dates this is what we need to take into account these mm -hmm. are the countries we're covering etc so populating that um also can can be automated at, at you know because again it's the same capability of analyzing and parsing information so basically being able to extract from the RFP all of your key dates, all of your key requirements, and then you're able to take that information and align it to your project plan for your bid. Yeah, yeah, but again, these are just examples. There is, um, I, I also like to talk in terms of mindsets. And and I and it's it's very, I think it's very key for, for anyone to understand, anyone, especially in bidding and proposals, to understand that this is like having a, a junior assistant. Okay, so if you could ask something to a junior assistant, and I remark the junior part because it's not ready to take decision for you or you know decision making or strategic um, thinking, etc. But mm -hmm. if you could have someone you know very junior at your company and ask for do a compliance matrix, do this summary, do you know look if, if there are some red flags here and compare this to our competitors' uh, tech specs, um, you know whatever you are you can ask regarding what to do with an RP to someone that is junior, you could potentially automate that task up to the level that it saves you maybe 80% of the time. Because again, you know, um, you need someone to review the results that any automated, you know, process gives you. Mm -hmm. So it's not gonna, it's not gonna be like fully 100% automated, but it, it can, it can save, you know, huge time there. And so that's, that's a key mindset, like, instead of thinking about these tools, sort of uh, computers or machines think like, okay, I can ask whatever I would ask to a junior assistant to do for me. Right. So that's, that's, that's why, what, you know, why the, the, the potential is so huge. Yeah, definitely. And especially if for teams of one who have limited resources, limited budget and limited time to be able to do all of this parsing, do all the reading, do all of the things that are required in order to get to even the kickoff call stage all of the stuff that happens in order to prepare you, it's things you're doing consistently and constantly. So being able to have a tool that can potentially help to automate some of those, those repetitive tasks that you need to do in order to have like a fully, a full understanding of your request from your buyer and what their needs are, I think would be like an excellent time saver for sure. 100%. What do you think, um, and Nora? Oh, yeah, no, I was going to say, I'm, I'm just sort of noodling on all of this because I know you are typically B2B, but I was even thinking oftentimes we see the same handful of consultants, right, that are involved in proposal creation. And a lot of times, you know, you don't need that long to be able to identify a proposal that's put out by the same consultant, right? Yes, but you true. do need to sink a little bit of time into that especially if you're new to the industry, like me, like mm -hmm. I've jumped industries, right? I think that most proposal managers do. So I can see that as like just a huge time saver. If you've got this model trained up that can scan your RFP, pull out those requirements for you and, and save you a little bit of you know time. Because for me, in my experience, one of the biggest time sucks 
at any company because you kind of manage most proposals the same way. Yeah. It's learning the products. It's learning the competitors. It's, you know, and I just see huge potential for this to take that lift off of people mm-hmm. and sort of help them. I mean, eventually you're going to pick it up. But if you had, you know, a, a junior assistant, if you want to call it that to do that, we'll call it Gary. If you had <laughs> your assistant, Gary, that you could just say, Gary, grab all this for me. I mean, amazing, right. amazing. And then you are able to really like take, I love the, um, I love what you said about entering a new industry. There's always that learning mm-hmm. curve whenever you enter a new industry and you're trying to grasp the language and the capabilities of the product or service that you are, are selling, proposing within these documents. Um, and being new to that industry creates all of that added stress and added pressure because you are trying to learn. So being able to pull all of that, those details out quickly um, so that you can then have a very, um, a better and quicker understanding of how what your, your product or service is going to match those customer requirements and how that happens will definitely help with your pickup and your ability to understand the how of the service or product as opposed to just, and what as well. So yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. So, and, and I, I would like to, to add to that because, um, you know, like I, I've been talking like during this year, I've been talking with so many teams in proposal during sales calls. And if you if you think about um, where most of the time goes, it goes to things that are you, you need to do to be in order to be compliant. OK, because if you don't do those, if you don't follow the RP guidelines, if you don't ensure compliance, whatever, you are out of that opportunity. But those things, okay, are the basics you need to comply with those. Once those are done, you still have nothing like regarding the win. So those activities really don't add anything to, to your winning rates or to your winning, you know, winning chances. And so right now, most of the people is working like maybe 80% of the time just on these basic things that, you know, are complex and difficult and you need to, to do, but are not adding anything to your winning rates. And so I see all these tools to, you know, as a huge opportunity to, automate you know some part of that so people can focus more on, on what makes you win and and then automate everything else you know like uh, following rp guidelines analyzing rps building compliance matrices also writing drafts etc but that's like um also the the key difference to that i like to to highlight wow that is so i love that I love that spending more. I mean, because realistically, you know, I'm just, this has me thinking about all the time that I sink in, like you said, Nicole, preparing for that initial kickoff call, right? Pulling to, I mean, and I've got my Excel playbook and stuff, but Excel's a poor man's database, right? <laughs> so, you know, that, I just kind of keep that with me, but. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah. Well, you you know, a lot of people keep their stuff in in Excel and things like that. So I'm curious to know, Javier, for the folks who, who are starting at that point, right? And they don't have they don't even have a CMS, right? How do you see them being able to kind of I, I guess technology leapfrog, right? From keeping all these requirements and all these documents and maybe controlled finding and things like that or filtering. Are are those people able to kind of take that leap from Excel, right, in their poor man's database, and and jump all the way into kind of doing this type of automation? Um, yeah, that's indeed the approach we have followed with. Like the whole idea about about this business was was that like my bet or my belief is that most people still manage things like you said, 
Okay, so Excel, everyday Excel, managing by email, proposal by email, etc. So, so what we have what we have done is to automate. Like our approach is to automate the steps that everyone is doing, and and you know provide tools that do only that. Like, okay, you want to build this type of report, you do that, and you receive actually you receive an output that is an Excel file, so you can keep with your flow we are not trying to move you because i think that's that's a problem like as you said like i want to you know many people or many proposals in this crossing in the space sorry are like okay i would like to leverage this but i feel like if i don't go for this enterprise end-to-end -end solution that integrates all my process there i wouldn't be you know i won't be able to to actually take advantage of that and you know we and, and other tech vendors are, are giving you an alternative to that with with simple tools that automate very specific steps so you can save some time here, some time there, and then keep managing the proposals as you do with Excel, writing proposals whenever you, you know, wherever you, you want to write them. So, um, yeah, that's at least what, what we, what our approach is. What I you... love that too. Sorry, Nicole, but I, I just, you know, I, I love that, that they don't need this to invest all this money in this big end-to-end mm -hmm. -end enterprise system, because oftentimes, right, a t if you're a team of one, your company probably isn't going to invest, I don't know, 10, 20, $30,000 in a CMS because they just, that's, that's not good for their business model, right? It has to make good business sense and a good business investment in ROI when, whenever a business invests in a tool. So if you're able to sort of bridge that gap without in making that huge upfront investment in the end-to-end -end enterprise system, I just see proposal managers being able to make that business case so much easier and you know to, to bring in a company like deep rfp to help automate some of those processes without that big upfront cost i just it it seems so like it's adding so much value mm -hmm. yeah and that that's you know i fully agree and that's why even if we are still pursuing enterprise level deals and doing custom solutions and custom developments for for those type of you know companies because you know most of the opportunities when we started with the company were coming from that from that mm -hmm. space in the enterprise level but uh, we have right now like two uh, commercial of the self tools that you don't need to customize anything you don't need to train anything so it's very you know you create an account and use it as a software as a service very you know very easy and and the thing is i fully agree with that because these tools are exploding among small companies Teams of one freelancers, uh, small bidding firms, um, etc. That um, you know are not looking for those type of investment, but they they see the value on saving you know maybe an hour or two hours a, a day using these tools because otherwise they, they need to do that manually and they will never be able to afford this you know a hundred thousand a year license for some end to end solution that integrates everything. And of course you know those like I, I mean everyone. Everyone needs to know in which you know league they are playing. So, if, of course, if you are a big company looking for a strategic investment in AI and automation, you should start having those conversations. Like, okay, we need mm -hmm. to sort of create our automating AI engine for the company, like you know, as a strategic asset. But um, there are um, a million of, of small companies and freelancers that still can benefit from AI without going crazy with the with the upfront cost. Absolutely. And I love that. I, I think that oftentimes as a proposal professional, it's kind of people don't really understand what we do. 
So it makes it a little more challenging to sell the investment in technology, right? I've, I've certainly worked at companies where we were control finding in PDFs, <laughs> you know? So if you kind of have this tool that you can bring in that can, you can say, hey, this, this can show this proven ROI of, of automating the tasks that take longer so we can, you know, focus on winning more. I mean, how, how, how do you not sell that, right? How does your company not buy into that? Yeah. I was even thinking to myself, like being able to say, um, I'll be able to save, like if I had to pitch it, it'd be like, I'd be able to save this amount of time and over this amount of time that would add up to this amount of hours, which would then allow me to do this much more work. So exactly. it almost helps. Like, it's almost like how you would pitch, like having a formal go, no go process. Like if we're able to eliminate the bad, you know, not good quality bids, then we increase the amount of good quality bids, therefore increasing the amount of time, the amount of um, opportunity to win better bids. So everything kind of just like works hand in hand to help you to, uh, to be more efficient with your time so you can do more, but better doing yeah. more, but doing it in a better way. Because yeah. at the end of the day, we're all here to win business, right? Exactly. End game is, is the more business we revenue. can win. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, prepare better proposal faster. That's that's the that's the idea. Yep. And the good news, the good news is that because you know technology, automation, AI, everything sounds like too complex or too difficult. But the, the good news is that the processes are right now so inefficient that there are quick wins everywhere. Absolutely. Like with the, with the silliest use cases you can think of. Like one of the you know we one one of the tools we have is like a compilation of small mini tools or use cases you can you can use whenever you need them. And so one of the, the, the ones that are, people are, are using the most is um, a sort of um, tool to do summaries. It's, it's so silly, but it's like, you know, everyone has been in that position, like, okay, I have this plan, it's very good plan, you know, for project manager or whatever. It's like 5,000 words long, but these are P ones this in 1,000 words. Mm -hmm. And now I spend 45 minutes, one hour summarizing this plan, which is already good, but this RP, you know, the guidelines, if I don't do that, I won't be compliant. Actually, it's not adding anything to my winning rate because, you know, it's like it's the same plan, but I need to do that. Now you can do that in seconds, like wow. seriously, in seconds. And then, you know, having that summary automatic and then you 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 have saved that, that hour to do something that actually gives you, you know, potential to win. And so it's that idea of there are three wins everywhere. And the, the, the key idea or the key revolution is to understand that computers can now do these things. And, mm -hmm. and then the next time you are working on your RP and your proposal, when you face one of these situations, maybe you ask yourself, okay, can a computer do this? Um, and, and keep that in mind. That's helping a lot in, you know, to, to many people. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. I think we're coming to the end of this episode, but what I have heard is use automation for quick wins, use automation to help you write better RFPs faster. Look for the ways that you could like ask yourself, change your mindset and ask yourself, um, is a task that I'm about to do um, able to be done by a computer or Gary, as we have so affectionately yeah. <laughs> called yeah. him. That, right, that idea of the, yeah, of junior the junior assistant. assistant. Yeah, or a junior assistant. Wow, that is amazing. Um, Javier, thank you so much 
for your time. This has been an excellent conversation. I have learned a lot, um, especially for, you know, being in a um, business to business um, proposal management space and my, my, my buyers being other businesses. I feel like this would be such a useful conversation, especially for those people who are also um, proposal management teams of one and you're looking for ways to, you know, be able to write better faster. I think this uh, this conversation has been super useful and is definitely going to give everyone um, something to think about. So, you know, again, thank you everyone for listening. This has been another episode of No Really Everything's Fine, the proposal management proposal management podcast. <laughs> and Javier, where are, can people find you? Yeah, what, what are you doing? Let us know where where the the masses can find yeah. you. Yeah. You know, two main things. Like, um, for, if you are looking to get practical for tools and everything we are doing uh, as a company, uh, deeprp.com. That's the place you're gonna find everything there. Even you know, including pricing, which is something that you see in tech that you know companies don't want to share price before getting in the sales call, etc. If you go to our website, you're gonna have the price points right in the front page. And and then um, you know, for more like for more uh, personal approach and sharing tips, I, I have a newsletter. Um, it, the website is called Jess Cartin with the J, so it's like my initial uh, J and then my surname dot mm -hmm. uh, com. And then I share, you know, I send a couple of emails every week sharing what I learn, doing what I'm doing, also what I see in the industry, tips. I share demos, free resources about AI technology, etc. So those are like the two main points where people can find me. And we'll and put I all of, we'll put all of his contact information in the show notes as well. His yep. LinkedIn, his website. Um, all of that good stuff. So you'll be able to find those details once you go to the show notes as well. And I am subscribed to Javier's uh, email and I can confirm it is definitely worth signing up for. Thank you. Thank you all right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks, everyone.